Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the Word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Our message is to know your enemy. So that's why obviously the enemy is really mad. So I'm going to just um, expose him today. I'm going to strip him naked and uh, bring him before us. And so, so I just want to let us know that we are in a war. Um, and uh, whether you like it or not, you, you, we are in this war. And so it's very important that you understand the war you're in and the battle that you're in, but also you need to know your enemy. Um, as an instructor, as a military instructor, I, I had to know what the enemy um, strategy and tactics were so that I could train the guys in the 20 weeks because they would come to me around the age of 18 and I'd have 20 weeks to train them so they could stay alive because my senior instructor said, the measurement of a good instructor or a bad instructor is how many of your guys survive and live. That's a tough yardstick to measure. So as believers, um, we have fivefold ministers that come and minister and teach us and equip us to minister. But one of those things you need to be equipped is to understand the enemy. Paul writes about it. The Bible writes all about it. It started in the Garden of Eden. Um, and you realize and say, okay, but I've given my life to Jesus, and this should be the, a, a cruise down the River Rhine. No, it's not. I just want to let you know you just declared war. You've stepped over the line, and the enemy is mad. That's the facts. But God has said, I have conquered it through Jesus Christ, and now you just need to possess the land. And that's what he had, the, Jewish, uh, the, the, the children of Israel, they were told that the promised land was, it was theirs. They just needed to go and take it. It cost them 40 battles later, but they took the promised land because that's what was promised him. God has promised us to advance his kingdom. And so to advance his kingdom, we're going to be pushing back against the enemy. And the enemy doesn't play dead. He will push back on you. You've got to understand that you are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And I live in an earth suit, this body. And you guys are spending a lot of money on it with all sorts of upgrades and all sorts of things. Say amen, ladies. Hallelujah. I don't have Valerie on the front seat to blast me, so I've got to take my liberties in Christ Jesus. And I want to let you know the enemy is going to hit you in all three of those areas, spirit, soul, and your body. He is going to attack you. Um, you. You see Jesus getting taken out into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and the enemy goes against him, and it, it gets the, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, pride of life, the same thing that, that was uh, gunned at Adam and Eve. He, uh, he's used the same tactics against and so he's had thousands of years practicing on human beings. And now it's our stand and it's now our time and there's no plan B, we are it. So we are on the front lines and so we need to know our enemy. And so the scripture tells us to be aware of the enemy and don't take it lightly. Do not take it lightly. And so um, believers somehow find themselves ignorant of the enemy's ploy and his tactics. And I hope to give you some insight today. Because Satan is sly and he's hidden in plain sight, right in front of us. And so he hides himself in religion and intellectualism, poetry, music, psychology, human knowledge. He hides himself in all of that so he can bring dysfunction to the body of Christ and to believers and, and to non-believers. And so the whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. 
You can understand the temperature of this message and all that's been taking place in my life and what we heard earlier this year. It just kind of just ruffles the feathers. But here we come, ready or not. You see, Satan is, is, is a jet setter. You've got to understand he's a jet setter. What do I mean by that? He literally can get around the world if he's known as an angel of light. Well, then he can travel the speed of light. How many times does the speed of light travel around planet Earth? Quite a few times in a second. So he is around there. Have a look at this conversation when Satan answered God in Job about when he was asked, where have you been? So the story in Job chapter 2 verse 1, it says here, one day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, listen to these names, Satan, came with them. He just took his own invitation and came with all the the other guys that God had had rallied. Where have you you come from, the Lord uh, asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. He's just making sure he's checking on all that he's put into play. Whether it's in Australia, in Asia, in China, in Russia, whether it's happening here in Florida, in Flagler County, he is checking on making sure that he has everything in order. So you've got to understand Satan is moving amongst men and the demonic forces, and he's using them like white rats in a science lab. So that's what you've got to realize. Am I a white rat or not? (laughs) Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. There is a word that kept, gets re- repeating here. Um, for we are not fighting, or some of those translations, wrestling against, listen to the word against, flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in, the, in, the, in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. You think Paul's trying to get a message to us that we are against something. And that enemy is against us. We ought to realize that. And so Paul, um, and so, so we can't be passive as, as, as people of faith. We can't be ignorant and we can't uh, be sadly unaware of this realm that we are born into. That, that, and, that's what, and everybody says, well, that's the apostle's story. They need to do the fight to the pastor or the leaders or the intercessors. This is your job to fight that. No, no. All believers, the, say, the, the moment I said yes to Jesus, I stepped over the line and I became enemy. And that's the fact. Like uh, um, Barry was speaking uh, two weeks ago, he talked about he was born in 1943. That was in the Second World War. And I don't know how far the, the war with, uh, with Japan was on, but I know you had war on both fronts. He was born in the war. Well, guess what? When we were born again, we are born into a war and realized Holy moly, we are in a war. We are in a battle. And the enemy is after our faith and after our soul and discouraging us from getting to be in full fellowship and an eternal relationship with God. He is headbent in doing that. So you've got to be realized that we're in a war. And the Lord and his believers against Satan and his demons. That's kind of where the lines are drawn. And Paul calls in the Ephesians, calls the wicked one, uh, the, uh, calls uh, the enemy the devil and the wicked one. It's fighting against uh, we're fighting, he's fighting against our soul, our faith, our family, our future. Anything he can do that to stop that, he is doing that. So I want to kind of leave you with some information so we can understand who the enemy is, so we can gain victory and get ahead of the strategies and the ploys of the enemy. And I hope that I'll leave that with you today. 
But the enemy has a personality. He has a personality. His original name was Lucifer. Lucifer means shining one, morning star, son of the morning. That's how the scriptures relate to it. It's Isaiah 14, 12. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. Kind of titled his, his position, Lucifer. And then I took from Ezekiel 28, and for time's sake, you need to read through it. It gives you a, a, a real understanding of who Lucifer was before he fell. And here you see here in, in 28, I've just taken excerpts out of it. It says, you are the, you are the model of perfection. Full of wisdom. Exquisite. What's it? Exquisite. You're watching that there. Okay. Exquisite in beauty. Valerie normally prompts me when I, when, I, when I come to a word like that. Your clothing was adorned with every, uh, with, with every, special, uh, uh, every precious stone. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. He was spectacular. And he didn't just change and grow horns and become this, this, this demonic or devilish thing that we have. I don't know where they found that, 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 that understanding. Um, but it's not. He seduces us in his appearance and his, and his, and his brightness and, his, and his, his amazement. So what happened? How did Lucifer, uh, the morning star, become Satan, the enemy of God and his people? Isaiah 14, to continue with verse 12, it talks about how you have fallen from heaven. O shining star, son of the morning, you have been thrown down to the, to the earth. You, were you, you destroy nations of the world. For you said to yourself, listen to this, how be warned about self-talk, how you talk to yourself and, and be, be sober-minded, be humble in, in, in when you're doing your self-talking. Don't, don't, don't think more of yourself than you are. For you said to yourself, I, listen to the, the, this, I will ascend to the heavens and I'll set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Suddenly there was this, this shift in this, this angel. There are three archangels that we see in the Bible. One is Lucifer, the other one Gabriel, the other one Michael. Lucifer was like a, a walking symphony of music and he created the atmosphere of music and worship in the, in the, in the, and that was his portfolio. Michael was the warring angel, the one that came to Daniel's aid when he was uh, praying the 21 days, and they took on the, 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 Persian, the Persian power and toppled the Persian power into the Grecian power. It all happened. It happened with Michael as the warring angel, and he had his angels that worked with him. And then there's my, uh, Michael, uh, Gabriel. Gabriel is the one that came and ministered to Elizabeth to say John the Baptist was going to be born. Also uh, to, to Mary. So there was a, that portfolio with Gabriel. So we see that that was happening. But then pride was found in this angel. And so you see that angels also have a free will. God didn't create them to be these 
these, these robots in heaven that just do know they had a free will because here we see Lucifer with his free will choose to, 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 to rise up above God and, and that didn't work too well for him. So Satan chose his own will in his own way and in, in the first sin committed in a perfect universe was pride. And Satan was that. So we see that kind of personality in, in Lucifer that is now Satan and known as the devil. And so that's what we see in his personality and his origination. His position, three names that describe his position, giving us the understanding of his role in the universe. The first position we see that he has is the one of a prince. The Bible tells us that he is named a prince three times. It's in red writing, so it means Jesus is telling us about this. In John 12, 31, it says, Here now is the time for the judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. It goes on to John 14, 30. He says, I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. And then he talks about in John 16, 11. The prince of this world now stands condemned. So Jesus is saying that he is titled the prince in his, in his ranking. But he also, in, in, uh, Paul writes to the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, he says, The prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the, the sons of disobedience. So if you're in that place where I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm living in disobedience, well, guess what? You are the grand piece of vessels that the devil can use anytime he wants as a white rat. Consider yourself a white rat. This is your new title. <laughs> That's what happens. So the prince of this world gives, uh, has authority of a man, and the prince of this world has the, the, the power and authority of a demonic spirits. So he has authority, and he has a right to go through there. But Jesus changed that at Calvary. He says, all power on heaven and on earth and under the earth has been given to me. Now you go. That allows us to build a kingdom right here in the middle of his, his, um, his kingdom. So we see here that he's a prince, but he is also a ruler. He's a, he's a ruler and, and, uh, and he has the power behind this world system. You think people are clever at creating this whole world system? Oh, no, no, no. There is a power and there is a ruler behind that. 1 John 5, 12 says this, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. You can see that at all these different governing bodies, different situations. You see and be aware of that it's not people that we're attacking or are fighting against. We are fighting against a, 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 a system uh, that, that's under the rulership of of this one who has this position. The systems of this world is characterized by greed and selfishness and ambition and lust for power. Then it, it poisons with hatred and lies and aggression and rivalry and brutality. You see all that kind of all mixed in to this whole system, this world system that we are, we are born into. And that we are born into, and, but God has given us a way to rise up and be a the part of his kingdom in the middle of that. So as a ruler, he has a kingdom. He rules over a kingdom. Yes, he has a kingdom. Matthew 12, 26 talks about his kingdom. And if Satan is, cast out, uh, is casting out Satan, he is dividing and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. 
Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 talks about that we've, been, we've moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of, of, of his dear son, into the kingdom of light. So when we said yes to Jesus, we got translated, we got moved from one kingdom to the other, which gives us a position under authority of a loving authority, a loving God, a loving king. That's where we've been moved to. So we moved out of his kingdom. Also, we see that he rules over angels. Because in Matthew 25, 41, it says, Then he will also say to those on the left, that's Jesus talking, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Clearly tells that devil and his angels, so he has rulership over angels. The other, um, so Satan is, is, is and uh, so the theologians believe that when Satan got cast out of heaven, that he took a third of the angels with him because he had that influence and that, um, that, that oversight over the, the, those angelic hosts. Satan's no longer, he's no, no lone ranger. He has principalities and powers and authorities, and he has an organized structure that, 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 that allows um, him to ca- cause us uh, death and destruction in, in, the, in the world today. His whole modus operandi, because he knows he has a sentence set against him because of Calvary. He's also known, he's a God, small g. I made sure we typed in small g just to keep him in his place. Strange as it sounds. Yes, he's a prince, he's a ruler, but what his position is he's a God. And 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. You understand that there is a God that is out there. So Satan is a religionist. I don't know if it's a, it's a word, but now it is in my dictionary, in my, in my laptop. He's a religionist. <laughs> you got to understand that, it, that, that he's the founder and originator of his own religion. We see people today declare, declare that I am a Satanist, and they're all proud of it, and they worship, and they're Satanists. They don't have a cooking clue what they're actually into. But the scripture tells us that he has a church. In Revelations 2, 9 and 3, 3, 9, it says that the synagogue of Satan. Revelation talks about the synagogue of Satan. Tells us that he has a gospel. Galatians 1.8, it says that preaching another gospel. So there's, there's people that are from pulpits and they're supposed to be Bible believing, but they're preaching another gospel. And that is demonic. It's part of his modus operandi to, to bewitch you and entice you and tickle your ears. But that, that, that's not the true gospel. Then he also he owns, he has ministers. And, and uh, 2 Corinthians eleven fifteen says they appear as ministers of light. So we have these appearances. And to tell you what, you have these slick preachers. And man, they can seduce you. But it's not the gospel. And it's got to, you've got to be sitting under, you can't put live chicks under a dead hen. You've got to go, go to a church that's alive, is worth the drive. And it's a gospel church and a Bible church, and, and it calls a spade a spade. That's what you've got to do. And then there's a, the, there's a doctrine. It has a doctrine. His church has a doctrine because Timothy 4 verse 1 says that the doctrine of demons. It's Paul talking to Timothy saying, listen, be warned that there is the doctrine of demons. And so you got to understand there is a doctrine of demons. And he also there has communion. In 1 Corinthians 10, 21, it says, drinking the cup of demons. It talks in the scriptures. I just give you an abbreviation to tell you there is a framework and a structure for him and his church. 
Satan has always done his best work in religious circles. Does his best work in religious circles. Why? Because it's, 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 it's so easy to counterfeit. Counterfeit. You don't counterfeit a $9 note, church. Because there's no $9 note. But you'll counterfeit a $10 and a $100. And so you understand that, that he's in that counterfeit business. And he can bring it so close to the truth and bewitch you and seduce you and take you down. So he's not only a, a place where his personality and his position, but he also has, he is a place of power. The Bible says that men are, are held captive by the power of Satan until the deli- the deli- uh, they are delivered by the Savior. When they step out of the, the domination and the control of, of, of Satan and come to Christ, they are set free. And that's in the, the importance of preaching the gospel in 2 Thessalonians 2.9. It says, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. I want to just let you know that if you're following signs and wonders, be warned. He will take you, hook you, and he will do the signs and wonders. What about in Egypt? When, when, uh, when, when Moses threw down his, his, his rod and turned into a, a serpent, uh, their magicians did the same. The only thing is Moses' serpent ate the other ones up. Hallelujah. And everything they did, the magicians did the same. Their, 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 um, their, their people they worshipped did the same. So don't, don't be, you'll see healing, signs, wonders, miracles. We saw a church. There was a church in Lagos. A power, massive church, thousands, and miracles, and people getting out of wheelchairs. But you watched the track record of all those healings, and inevitably they went back or they died. It is just, you cannot get life out of death. And, uh, and the enemy is full, he's just saturated with death. And so we are, uh, never underestimate, uh, underestimate Satan's power, but don't get into the dish thinking that Satan is all powerful and equal to the power of God. No, no, no. He swatted Lucifer right out of heaven, gave him a flat hand, and knocked him to planet Earth. And now he's in the depth of the bowels. He's going to be, he's strapped up. He's going to be strapped up in, in hell. And that was, so that's his destiny. Sorry, man. You're done. Satan is, is no match for an all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-present God. He doesn't have to travel at the speed of light. He is just present. <laughs> he, have, he is present. And so God is all-powerful. He is infinitely more than Satan. And no match for God. I tell you what, no match. Satan is no match. And one and when one John four four says, "Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world." So when you step into God, you step into His family. You step into where His presence comes and resides with you. And I tell you what, you're on the right side. He also not only has power, but he has purpose. The enemy has a purpose. Every, it's very important that we understand that so we can stop and step back, notice his strategies, and not, don't be bewitched by the enemy. We need to understand he has a purpose. And he's the first, one of his purposes is that he's it's a great deceiver. Satan is a great deceiver. In John 8, 34, uh, Jesus is talking to the, to the leadership of the day, the spiritual leadership of the day. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. 
He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. And when he speaks lies, he speaks from his own resource. He speaks his own language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You can be bewitched by lies. There is lies that come to you from these, uh, all these media channels and they bewitch you and hold you and seduce you and lead you. And we are suckers if we don't wake up and understand that there is an enemy who is out to deceive. Revelations 12, 9 says, So the great dragon was cast out of uh, out, and the serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Kind of talking about what we read about in Isaiah when he got kicked out. The power of satanic deception. You know, a deceived person doesn't know he's deceived. Otherwise, you'd wake up and smell the roses and realize, man, this is, I, I, I'm, I'm barking up a dead tree here. Uh, you've got to understand a deceived person does. So he is a master of, at seducing into deception. And 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, read part of it already, but the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So when you are talking to an unbeliever, I realize that the enemy has blinded him, got him bewitched, got him, got him, got him, his eyes closed. And you've got to ask God, God, open his eyes that he may see. Open your eyes, Lord, that they may see. And, and sometimes there's just a now time when God will open their eyes and, and allow them to be seen. The art of deception started in the Garden of Eden. Man, he got, got hold of Eve and Adam and just totally hoodwinked them. Took us all down with him. Thank you very much for that. But I suppose Val says, if I was there, would have done the same. You know, just, that's just the nature of the beast because he's... He, he, he's a seducer. Satan's trick is in to entice you. And, and when he's enticed you and you take the bait, he's then going to convict you and condemn you. He's going to ride you into the ground. Ah, oh, you, you call yourself a Christian. and You just did this and you've just taken that. And, or however he's going to. He will tempt you and then trap you. Man, that, he, he's got clickbait that you best be careful of. He's got clickbait that, man... Watch out. He'll bring Sister Wiggle Hips across your path. Be careful. <laughs> Watch out. I say that, and I, Heidi went to pack medical equipment to send it to Kenya, and she says, Ronald, you just spoke on Sister Wiggle Hips, and, and then she bought this little thing that as soon as the solar light gets onto it, it starts wiggling its lips, uh, hips, its little girl. I've got it up there and say, God, pray me from sister wiggle hips. We're warned. I just want to tell you, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, you think it's not going to get you, you're already sunk. Because I tell you what, the enemy will take you down. As sure as a Titanic went down because I said not even God can sink this, I want to tell you, he's been around long enough, devil, to take pride pennies and petticoats and take you down. So just wake up every morning and say, God, help me. Help me navigate. And make sure I don't get seduced by pride pennies and petticoats. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan is a great counterfeiter. He'll be able to counterfeit and, and bring it up. You understand the bank tellers in the days when there were a lot of currency hanging? They would, they'd be taught just to, to handle the, 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 the right currency, the true. Not the counterfeit, but the true and the real. And eventually they would throw in the pile of money a counterfeit a bill. 
whether, and, and it would be picked up straight away because you can feel it, you can see it, you almost can smell it different and it'll pop out. That's what I'm telling you. Don't go hunting all down the, every alley. Is this the devil? Is this, is this the, no, no. Just hang with God, hang with these people and you'll, you will suddenly see things pop up in the coffee area. Then suddenly you realize that doesn't sit right, doesn't sit right. And it's that easy because you're so used to the real. So when the enemy comes in with a lie, with a deception, you pick it up straight away. I've been at this 45 years and I want to let you know, hang with light. Hang with light. That's what you need. Praise the Lord. So Satan is also, he's not only a deceiver, but he's a great divider. We have a trail of churches that have been split and fragmented and destroyed. Why? Because he can divide and conquer. That's what he wants to do. His first Baptist, second Baptist, third Baptist, fourth Baptist. Why? Because, there's, man, the enemy's got in there. I, I just want to let you know, as a shepherd, we've got to preserve the unity of the church. And I have a rod and I have a staff. Staff will help you and protect you, but the rod, I'm coming to, to, to discipline you. You, you start gossiping, and the, and the pastor's coming to visit you. Gossip will be like cancer and destroy a church, and we don't want that. So Satan, is, he, he caused division. He took a chunk of the angels out of heaven. He, that's, his, he, that's his strategy. That's what he likes doing, and so we've got to be aware. His, it's aimed to, to damage, destroy, and dismantle families, friends, uh, fellowships, small groups, churches. That's his modus operandi, so we've got to be on our guard. Stop and step back and say, no, I don't want to be a part of this kind of conversation. No. Because I want to preserve the Bible, uh, the, the body of Christ, because that's what the Bible tells us to do that. And so it says, yeah, poison of division that circulates in the system then finds an outlet in the tongue. So it brews and it brews and it brews and it brews. Listen, I'm going to let you down. You're going to get mad with me because I forget to say hello to you or I didn't see you or something like that. And you brew and he says he doesn't like me. Yeah, he, this church is really clicky. And you start going down that whole jolly road and suddenly you'll start talking. Coastal is just really clicky. And coastal is this and coastal is that. No, the coastal is the bride of Christ. You just be careful. Don't talk like that. Anyway, but he, that's the enemy. He likes to divide. And Satan is also a great destroyer. He's a great destroyer. And that's why uh, John says that he calls him a, a destroyer. And he uses adversity, hardships, difficulties, dangers, misfortunes. He uses all those and cause, to cause adversity in our life. And you're thinking, that's what a Christian life is. And people get sick and they die. We lose our jobs and all that stuff. Man, you understand you're in a fallen world. God has nothing. He hasn't got his fingerprints on that stuff. The adversity. He's a destroyer. The enemy is at you. And so he'll come at, at, with, 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 with lies and sickness and relationships and finances and, and government. You understand that we've got people that are fighting to get visas legitimately into this nation. And, 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 and you have some people that are just behind the desk and they look at it. And if the devil feels like they're just inspiring them to say denied, then they deny. All our lives are on the line. All our, uh, the whole thing to, to advance and help and create employment and, and be honest and taxpaying and all that stuff is just thrown out the window. And it's, many times it's God's process. I'd say it's easier to go to heaven than to come to America. <laughs> so much easier. I just say yes to Jesus. You can't do that with the, with, 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 with the system here. It is 
It is crazy messed up, but it's also demonically driven, and it's dangerous. And so pray for those people. There's many in our midst here that are believing for, for, for visas and just, just being able to get through the system. There's adversities, and there's also a direct attack, and that's why the, uh, Paul t- takes his time, and he says, listen, put on, you need to put on the armor of God. You need the armor of God. Why? Because Ephesians 6, 16, it says, in addition to all these, all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. You understand? There's fiery darts going to be thrown at you from believers to unbelievers. They're going to throw darts at you, and they're just dart throwers for the enemy. And we just got to be aware that that's what happened. And so don't, don't get sunk by it. And so Paul's cautioning us. As believers, we're targets. As leaders, they say the tallest tree takes the most wind. You strike the shepherd and the, and the sheep scatter. So just pray for leaders in every sphere, whether it's in, 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 in the local government, in every area, pray for the leadership. Because, man, the enemy can, can get his, his, his best shot when he takes leadership out or uses leadership to, to lead us down the wrong road. In, in 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for the great enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So church, if I can advise you, stay together in fellowship. Stay together in prayer. Stay together in worship. Stay together. Do not think that I don't need the church or you wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel like it. Listen, your feelings are neither right nor wrong. It's what you do with your feelings that's going to get you into trouble. And you say, I don't feel like going to church this Sunday. And I don't feel like going to church next Sunday. And suddenly you feel like the church is not, not relevant or the church is just not worth going. And then suddenly I get a call. Pastor, everything's going wrong. Help me, please. Can you help me? My marriage is falling apart. Why? Because you stayed away from the light. You stayed away from fellowship. You stayed away from the believers, which encourage you and help you see your blind spots. Because we all have blind spots. That's why we need the one another's. It also, you have other people that come and brush you the wrong way. God sent them there so you can get the yuck yuck out of you. That's what happens. I'm talking real church here. And you suddenly you got this guy that just irritates you. And God will say, you're good. Sandpaper will sand you and eventually smooth you. <laughs> Hallelujah. James? <laughs> James? <laughs> he picking on James. Or... So Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse, starting verse 10, it says, now, And final, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Do not rely on your own strength. You will not beat the devil in your own strength. You'll beat the devil by standing in God. Standing in God, fellowshipping in God, loving in God. That's where you're going to find it. Put on all of God's armor so that you're able to stand firm against what the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. I hope it's clear that we're in a war and we have an enemy and he is pressing us. And I want to end with this. And I preface it with the previous service. This is just a story, okay? This is not real. 
Satan addresses a worldwide convention of demons. Not in Vegas. Nowhere that you know. He's just, it's just a story. And this is Satan addressing his cohorts so he can have his strategy upon us as believers. And says, yeah, as long as Christians stay close to God, we have no power over them. Here are 12 things that you can do to gain victory over the Christian. You may want to take a note and see if you fall into any of these categories. One, keep them busy with non-essentials. Tempt them, number two, to overspend and go into debt. Number three, we say, if the shoe fits, wear it. Make them work long hours to maintain an empty lifestyle. Four, discourage them from having family time because when homes disintegrate, they don't have a refuge from work. There's nowhere to go home. Five, overstimulate their minds with TVs, computers, and devices so they can't hear God speaking to them. That's working well in the household of faith. Fill their coffee tables and nightstands with newspapers, magazines, reading material to keep them from reading the Bible. How's that working? Flood their mailbox with sweepstakes, promotions, get-rich-quick schemes. Keep them chasing material things. Is there any more on my list that I need to... <laughs> The problem is when it starts ringing, you panic so much, you can't just get the sucker to die and stop anyway. So don't worry. It doesn't distract me. Number eight. Place glamorous models on magazines, devices, advertising to keep them distracted and cause them to be discontent with themselves and their mates. Doing that as well. I don't know what half-clothed girls laying over cars does anything, but it does, obviously. And um, number nine, make sure married couples are exhausted so no physical intimacy happens and lead the marriage to break down. Number 10, emphasize. <laughs> Shh, you mustn't make a noise. You give yourself away, Okay. <laughs> Emphasize Santa and the Easter money. That way you can divert them from the true meaning of the holiday. Amen. Number 11, get them involved in good causes so that they don't have time for the eternal causes. Oh, religion has that down, Pat, eh? Amen. And number 12, Maria, if you could come up to the ivory keys. Wherever. Thank you, Maria. Number 12. Keep them self-sufficient and working on their own strength so that they will not experience the joy of God's power working through them. We're in this position where we just want to be able to handle everything. And it's just wonderful to watch God use you. Do these 12 things faithfully, Satan said. 
and we should be able to get the Christians. The question is, are, you, are we busy? B-U-S-Y. Stands for being under Satan's yoke. Are we busy? What are we busy at? You see, Satan is, is hiding in plain sight, right in our comings and our goings, in our everyday life. And God wants us to wake up because there's a better way to do it, a wonderful way to do it. I want us just to bow for a moment and kind of just ponder on where we find ourselves in this crazy, crazy world. Are you a white rat in a science lab? Have we been bewitched, seduced? Have we got a stronghold, an area, whether it's some kind of addiction, whatever it is, whatever door it's open, God's saying, I want to do business with you all today. If you're prepared to walk away and close the door, I'm prepared to empower you to walk away from that door. I think that's what God wants to do today. Some of us are blind, and hopefully today the Word of God has given us sight in that blind areas. This challenged me. Here I am trying to wade myself through a physical attack on my body, and I've got to navigate and not get bewitched by fear and allow enemy to do come and, 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 and stop me from moving forward. Like I said, another level, another devil. So you keep pressing forward and make sure we don't have these areas open where the foothold and the stronghold can hold us back. So Father, thank you. Church, can I say this? God knows everything. So don't hide it from him. He actually knows about it. <laughs> Just be real. Say, God, listen. This is real. This is what's got me. This is, this is what's bewitched me. This is where I'm at. Call it out where you are. Because until you put yourself on the map, that map is of no good to get you out of that trouble. So call it what it is. Confess it before the Father. Confess it. Say, God, this is me. This is me. Lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, pride of life. This is me, God. This is me. What better place to be real is right here in the church and the family. So, Father, we lay it before you. We lay these things that need to be laid down, these areas that have come in, that crept in. And so, Father, I thank you. I pray for this family and for those watching online that you would, you say in every area you give us a way of escape. And I thank you that you give us a way of escape to walk away from this area that the enemy may have come. Areas we've opened the door and allowed the enemies where in our own carnality we've allowed the enemy to come in and take possession. Instead of us possessing the land, they have possessed us. And so, Father, we confess it and say, sorry, my God, would you, would you empower us? 
to walk away, to walk towards. In Jesus' name. Some of you may have to write it down. You may want to put it on a sticky place where just you and God meet. Allow it to pop up and remind us. Hmm. So there's some of you in the sound of my voice that have not crossed the line. So you really are in devil's territory. You are his white rat in his science lab. And he has free reign over you because he has authority over you. You're born into it. I was born into it. We're all born into it. But the day the message of Jesus Christ came to me, realized that he had made a way. He had made a bridge across from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light that I could get out and I took it. Some of you are in that place where you want to take that step and move out of the, the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. If that's you, invite Jesus into your life today. Allow Jesus to come in and let him take you and transfer you and transplant you into his kingdom where his angels are over you, where his hand is over you, where his love is over you, where his call and destiny for your life is over you. That's the sweet place to be. Ask me. I've been there 45 years. And if that's you, let's pray together. Church, would you pray out loud? just helping the encouraging people to invite Jesus into their life. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God, that you died on that cross for me. Today, I accept you as Lord and Savior. Thank you for paying for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Today, I receive you as family. I receive you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that, I sense quite a few people prayed that today. My business card's out the back there, and I love hearing this. Grab a business card and text me and say, hey, I prayed. I prayed that. And uh, I hope I get the opportunity to contact you and be able to pray for you. Oh, this journey is wonderful. It's another world, the kingdom of God. It's another world. Hallelujah. Church, I hope you've got news that you could use today and be aware. We have an enemy, but man, we're more than conquerors in Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you and release you. Father, I thank you that we have opportunities to be in the light with the light and walk in the light and communicate the light. We thank you that we can go into a needy, dying world and a dark world that needs your light, needs your life. Let us be the carriers of your goodness, my God. Let us be the carriers of your light. Let us be the carriers of comfort and joy and hope. We thank you that you are the one that gives us this encouragement and empowers us to go and share and that we may reach out from a position of strength because we know our God. In Jesus' name.